We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Look, setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci, Alex and Alex. If I put our jacks in the paint, how you gonna stop me? How you gonna stop me? We can go head to head. Call out your top three, call out your top three. Look at the switch from Buddy here. Now that boy got three. We got Holly Burton running point. This is a Benedict for the shot. If anybody gon' come in the post, then we got Miles Turner for the block. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gold, and I'm joined by Michael, the Mountaineer Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? That is I, Alex. Always excited to talk some Pacer basketball. I miss seeing the boys on TV, but man, in this in this offseason, there is a lot to fantasize about, and I think that's a good lead into our topic today, because tell the people what we're talking about today. Yeah, so today we're going to be looking at this Pacers roster and coming up with our rotation. Now, this could be a nine-man rotation. It could be a 10-man rotation. It could be an 11-man rotation. It could be a 12-man rotation. We don't really know because there's a lot of players on this roster that deserve minutes, but are there enough minutes on this roster to pass out to everybody? We're going to find out, but Fachi, I had a hard time trying to find the right balance for the amount of minutes for each player. I think I got as close as I possibly could to trying to appease everybody, but still, it's going to be a very difficult challenge. 
I, I, it was really tough. I felt like a mad scientist. I went on basketball reference and I looked at the percentage breakdown that each player played at each position because it's not so simple to say, well, Andrew Nemar played 27 minutes last year. So slot him in for that. It's like, no, he played multiple positions and, and some guys, I mean, Buddy Heald played 12% of his minutes at power forward. Like, am I going to factor that in? No, I'm not because I really hope we don't do that this year, but this was a way harder exercise than you would think. And this is why they're paying Rick the big bucks, because this Pacers team is very deep and there's a lot of tough decisions to be made this year. Totally agree, Fachi. So let's get into it. Let's start with the point guards, Fachi. I think this is obviously the first place we look at who's handling the rock. Obviously, the cover of Slam Magazine, Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, yeah. How many minutes you got Halliburton playing? I got Halliburton playing a total of 35 minutes this year. Uh, per that game. would be per game. Yes, okay. so yes, yes. Thank God. Per game. If he plays 35 minutes all year, <laughs> we are in trouble. We are screwed. Yeah, it was obviously yes. a joke when I said per <laughs> no, game, but I just no, wanted to add oh, that on there. <laughs> that is a fact. Now, look, the 35 minutes for Halliburton, that would be about a minute and a half more than what he played per game for the Pacers. So it is an uptick. And then for the remainder, so this is how it breaks down for him. Last year, he played 87% of his minutes at point guard. The rest were at shooting guard. So I have 33 minutes for Halliburton at point guard. And then next, I have Andrew Nemhard playing 15 minutes at point guard, which means that's 48, Alex. I don't have TJ McConnell in the rotation. It pained me, but it was either throw him a couple of minutes or not have him in the rotation. For now, I have him on the outside looking in. Well, technically, if you had Halliburton playing 35 minutes and Nimhart playing 15, that'd be 50 minutes. No, 33 and 15 is 48. You said 35 when you said it at first. I said 33 at the point guard position. So oh, that means two. that his other two minutes are at shooting guard. Okay, I was so confused there for a second. I did not hear that. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, so we got extra minutes or no. That makes a little no, sense. No, no. Okay, so I guess Nimard's playing two minutes with Halliburton there. Okay, so yeah, I've got the same splits, surprisingly. I have 33 for Halliburton at the point and 15 for Nimard, but I don't have Halliburton playing more than 33 minutes. I think okay. that they got to be careful with his minutes in terms of not overplaying him. I don't think he's one of those players that has a lot of injuries, but you just want to be careful. And like, I think Nimard's capable enough that giving him 15 minutes is big. So oh, yeah. that's... Not a lot of minutes, but it's still like about a third of the game that you're giving those minutes to to Nimhart at the point guard position compared to, you know, giving them more to Tyrese. And I think come playoff time, obviously, you'll probably see Tyrese closer to 40 minutes per game, even probably more than that at the point guard spot. So it's uh, it's one of those things where the, the regular season, though, Fachi, I think that 33 minutes is about right for Tyrese at the one. Hey, look, that'd be great. That's what I have, Matt, 33 at point guard. And then, I, like I said, I have two other minutes at shooting guard because I did try and keep it close to those percentages where about 33 out of 35 minutes was really close to 87%. So I tried to say, hey, you know what? Let's try and stick with something of that sort. Um, but, yeah, that would obviously mean that you don't have McConnell in your rotation either. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of hard for me to find a place for McConnell with this roster. And I know fans might say, oh, he's definitely going to play. It's like, yeah. I don't know about that. I think there's a reason why his name has been heavily involved in trade rumors, Fachi, and that's not to put a knock on him as a player, but I just think at this point they understand the future is Halliburton and Nimhard. And so whatever happens to McConnell, 
I think it's going to be interesting. I think he'll be a good enough of a soldier that he's not going to be a locker room problem if he's not playing, because that's what he was actually brought in here to do at the beginning of his tenure with the Pacers. Um, but when he resigned, I think he definitely had in mind that he was going to be the backup point guard, he got paid like a backup point guard with the money that he's making. So it's going to be a tough role for him to adjust to. But I think looking at the the bigger picture, Andrew Neymar is just a little bit more versatile. I think he's a little bit better of a player than TJ McConnell. I do. And I think that you got to look at the direction that these two players are going right now. Nemhard going into year two, where you're expected to take that jump. I feel that we saw the best from TJ McConnell a few years ago, and mm-hmm. he did improve on his three-point shot last year, which was awesome to see. And I do think that McConnell could thrive elsewhere. But when I went through all of these rotations, at most, I was able to find him 10 minutes per night and that came at the expense of players that could probably help this team a little bit more so that's why for a point guard out of the 48 minutes like I mentioned 33 for Halliburton Andrew Nemhard taking the other 15 minutes at the point guard spot now that also means that I have more minutes for Nemhard at the two spot which we'll get to next so moving over to shooting guard let, let me just say this real quick I'm sorry to cut you off there but I just want to say this real quick I think it's going to be hard for Halliburton to find minutes at the two guard this year, just because of how many twos we actually have on the roster. Yeah. So, you know, two minutes is whatever, like you're talking about two it's, minutes yeah. out of I 90. I can scrap that. And yeah, well, I'm just saying two minutes out of like the shooting guard and small forward position, they're very interchangeable. So you're looking at a total of 96 minutes per game. If you're only giving two minutes of those to Halliburton, it's really only about 2% of those minutes. So it doesn't yeah. seem as bad, but at the same time, you've got, Bruce Brown, Andrew Nimhart, Buddy Hill, Ben Matherin, Aaron Neesmith, and Ben Shepard, maybe even McConnell, even Wara, maybe. Like, you got a lot of guys that want to get into that rotation, and it's just going to be hard for them to do that. It, it really is. And, yeah, like I said, I know it's just two minutes, but I try to say, hey, hey, you know what? There were lineups where Halliburton was playing the two last year, so I'm sure we'll, we'll see it again. But nothing of significant minute-wise to say, whoa, you know, the Pacers really need Halliburton at the two. No, he could definitely solely be playing the one. And we see that. Like, TJ McConnell played 100% of his minutes last year at point guard. Um, And there's other players that we'll get to that played 100% of their minutes at at a certain position. But moving over to shooting guard, I have Benedict Matherin starting at the two. He's playing 14 minutes at shooting guard. All right. I have him slated for a total of 27 minutes per game. That is about roughly about a minute, minute and change less than last year. Now, some people could probably say, hey, Matherin needs a bigger role. Guys, this team's better. So to have him play about a minute and a half less, I don't think is going to be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But here's my breakdown. Benedict Matherin, 14 minutes at the two out of his 27. I have Andrew Nemhard playing 11 minutes at the two. So that is a total of 26 minutes per game for Nemhard. I have... Like I mentioned, Tyrese Halliburton playing two minutes at shooting guard. Buddy Heald playing 12 minutes at the two. And then I saved nine minutes for Bruce Brown. So for Buddy Heald, that's 12 minutes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Four guys playing shooting guard is so much. If I scrap the two minutes for Halliburton, it's a little bit easier, but it's still four. And that's, that's why the Pacers are loaded at this spot. So Buddy, like I mentioned, he's playing 12 minutes at the two. I have Buddy slated for 25 minutes per game. Alex, that would be his lowest since 2017-2018 season. It's really hard to find Buddy more than 25 minutes with this Pacers team. And then mm-hmm. Bruce Brown, nine minutes at the two. I have him slated for 25 minutes. That would be about three minutes less 
than what he was playing with Denver last year. Yeah, I'm a little bit lower on Buddy's minutes than you are. I think 25 is generous for him. If he can get that many off the bench with the rotation they have currently, kudos to him. I don't see that happening with this team. Okay, I, I could be wrong, but uh, if I'm for looking reference, at it, 31.6 minutes last year he played. So this would be yeah, about yeah. six and a half less minutes than last year, which I figured is probably what he's in line for of a, of a drop off. Yeah, he's also going to be taking a significantly different, like a lesser role with this team, I think. Yep. And one of the big things for Buddy Hill is how does he play defensively because that's going to be the the MO of this team moving forward. They've got to be improved defensively. I think this is Matherin's team. I think Nimhard's kind of a – I think Matherin and Nimhard are clearly above him in the pecking order. I think Bruce Brown is probably ahead yep. of him in the pecking order. So Should be. That and obviously Halliburton. So now you're looking at four guards ahead of Buddy Hill where it's kind of like, eh, this is difficult. So for my shooting guard position, I have Bruce Brown playing all 27 minutes there. Um, I, wow. I thought it was just too difficult to, oh, he's going to play 13 here and 14 there. I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing that. So he'll be on the court for 27 minutes. We'll play him mostly at the shooting guard position. Uh, I don't think it really matters between shooting guard, small forward, because they're so interchangeable. That's kind of how I looked at this. So if you're looking at 96 minutes to pass out, he's got 27 of those at one of those positions. Uh, Andrew Nimhard's getting 11 of those 96 okay, so we minutes. Spot on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're spot on with Nimhard. And then Matherin, I've got him playing. I'm just going to move on to small four because i got to tie them together here. Sure, uh, sure. So I've got Matherin playing 27 minutes, same as Bruce Brown what I had. at the two and the three spot. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm looking at it. So if you want to just say wings, 96 minutes total, Bruce Brown, 27, Benedict Matherin, 27, Andrew Nimhart, 11. I've got Aaron Neesmith getting 11 minutes at, at the small four position. And then I've got Buddy Hield getting 20 minutes. So I gave him 10 minutes at each position two and the three, but I think he's going to play 20 minutes, probably around 10 each half would be my guess. And probably playing as less on the same, as the same time as Matherin. So I think those minutes could kind of overlap there a little bit where Matherin's not on the court, but he heals on the court instead. Cause that's why I have 27 for Matherin 20 for healed. That means there's only one minute where one of them is not out there. So kind of try to play that card right there because I just don't think, there's going to be times when they probably do play together, so there'll be some overlap, but there not as be. much. There's not as much, I don't think, with them playing together because they're both bad defensively in terms of on-ball defense when you have Neesmith, Nimhard, and Bruce Brown out there. So I think you're always going to have one of those three out there playing defense where Matherin and uh, Buddy Hill will probably be more of your offensive weapon out there that you kind of rotate. I mean, look, man, 20 minutes per game for Buddy in a contract year. Woo! You almost feel like the Pacers would have to do right by Buddy and move him because that would not help his case in terms of getting paid elsewhere. But here's the thing. So Buddy Heald, would... But here's the thing. Buddy Heald loves this Pacers team. Yep. Uh, he's genuinely happy here, loves Rick Carlisle. And I think if he understands, like, hey, my role is going to be different this year, then that's just how it's going to be. I mean – yeah, he was a starter for the majority of his time in Sacramento as well. Um, you know, if you look at some of the seasons where he didn't play that much as a starter, uh, he was around 20, uh, 25 minutes in 17, 18, and their roster wasn't as deep. So I think if you kind of go back and look at the history of his numbers, like genuinely been a starter or generally been a starter for the majority of it. Uh, the one year he uh, came off the bench for the majority of the season was in 21, 22. And he ended up starting, I think, just six games with the Kings. He played 28 minutes off the bench. So 
I mean, yeah, it's a significant drop off from 28 to 20. But at the same time, I don't think their backcourt was as loaded as this Pacers backcourt is right now. And with with what they're trying to accomplish defensively. So it's not a knock on Buddy. You're still going to get him in there. But I think 20 minutes of Buddy could still be really productive. It it very well could. It might also mean when Buddy's in there, he's letting it fly at all times because. But that's Buddy anyway. (laughs) It it is. It is. I know. So, yeah. So I guess I guess we're somewhere in the middle of, hey, you played 31 minutes. I have him at 25, which is honestly the exact middle of where he was last year compared to where you have him. So I guess I met in the middle. But for small forward, I have Bruce Brown playing 16 minutes. I uh, broke it down. He played. 64% of his minutes at the three last year. So I have the majority of his minutes coming at the three. Um, Benedict Matherin, 13 minutes. So like like I said, Bruce Brown, 25 minutes total. 16 is coming at three. Benedict Matherin, 13 minutes uh, um, out of that, out of 27 minutes total. And then Buddy Heald, I have 13 minutes at the three. Last year, he played 68% of his minutes at small forward. So... I, I tried to, you know, have at least a little bit of the majority, not by much. And then here's where I have Aaron Neesmith playing six minutes. So it's still four people competing at the small forward spot, which that means that, well, it doesn't totally rule it out. But in this situation, I have Jordan Wara not playing anything at small forward. I don't have Ben Shepard at the two or the three either. Mm-hmm. So they're, they are out of the rotation for a little bit of a spoiler. So Aaron Neesmith's only playing how many minutes again at the small forward position? Six minutes, but that doesn't rule them out for Plan- power for a little bit of four. Yeah, so so just kind of give me a like a simpler rundown, like I did with the 96 minutes total. How sure. many did you have for Bruce Brown? For Bruce Brown, I'm playing 25 minutes total. Okay, Benedict Matherin, 27 minutes. Okay, uh, let's see, Buddy Hill, 25, 25, a- Andrew Nemhard, 11. No, Andrew Nemhard's playing 26 minutes total, but 11, 11 in the two. 11 at the yes. two or the three spots. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Okay. And then what did you say again for Neesmith? I'm sorry, I just forgot already. Neesmith total, I have him playing 12 minutes. Okay. Six at the three, six at the four. And I feel like you're underselling Neesmith's value I, to this team. I, I am, but you should have saw what I had it the first time. And I went, that that ain't right. I was like, yeah, no, nope, that's... that's why I had to take TJ McConnell out and do a whole entire <laughs> shift because Aaron yeah. Neesmith, is what the Pacers need compared to McConnell as the third point guard. It's like, it's tough, man, to find those minutes. And you know how much I love Jordan Wara. I couldn't find him a minute. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't find him or McConnell a minute. That's what's really tough. I I think for me personally, I've been hearing them preach defense so much that I got to give Aaron Neesmith some of those minutes you give on your rotation to Buddy from Buddy Heald. That's why I was a little bit lower on my minutes for Buddy is because I feel like Aaron Neesmith is deserving of those minutes because he earned he, it last year. He, he definitely did. And if I yeah. did snag those five minutes that I gave to Buddy that you didn't, and I gave him a Neesmith and that put him at 17 minutes per game, that's yeah. definitely probably the scenario that he's looking at. Because yeah. remember, Aaron Neesmith was the four last year when the Pacers didn't have one. Mm-hmm. He, I felt that he was kind of playing out of position but played it to his be- the best of his ability. This time around, you added – Obi top and you added Jarris Walker. So it just feels like there's a lot more competition at the four this year. So mm-hmm. I try to split up uh Neesmith's minutes between three and four. Yeah, I would just say this. I think they like Neesmith a lot more than people realize. I think so. His, you know, non-committal to if he's a starter or not from Pritchard was pretty yeah. telling that they think he's not a starter, yeah. which is okay. I don't think there's a problem with that. 
But he also, Aaron Neesmith said, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. So he's going to be a role player, a team player, and he's going to buy into it. I think that we show, he showcased that with this Pacers team, he can do what he does best, and that's get out and run, play defense. We saw him knock down threes at a pretty good rate last year. I think he shot around 36% from three, 37% if you round yep. up. So pretty good shooter out there. Uh, he's going to be just fine, I think, fitting in. You know, it's hard to re- it's hard to replace Buddy Hill's 43% shooting last year. I mean, just incredible yeah, from tough. three. I mean, you cannot take that away from him. So he's going to be huge for this team's success. Surprisingly enough, TJ McConnell had the highest three-point percentage last year on this team with 44%, yeah, yeah. but less than an attempt per game. So you have to take that with a grain of salt, whereas Buddy was shooting almost nine a game. So that's just funny to see right here on the, on the statistical chart. But overall, I... Uh, I have Aaron Neesman getting more minutes. I have him getting minutes at the four. I have him getting, are we at the four right now? Yeah, I have him getting six minutes at the four, Fachi. So I had six minutes at the four as well. But how many total did you have for Neesmith again? 17. So he's taking a cut. 17. Yep. And that was hard for me to do. He played 25 minutes per game last year. It's so hard to find him anywhere even close to that much minutes Mm -hmm. with Buddy Heels on the roster. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, maybe I could have taken one away from brown or maybe one away from walker and giving him like closer to 19 or maybe some away from like your backup center but it was just too difficult for me i'm just like yeah 17 minutes feels like it's fine it's just when you pay a guy like bruce brown that much money to come in here and kind of do what neesmith already did but do it better it's does diminish his role a little bit so that's where i'm at with him but i do think there's a scenario fachi where you could see aaron neesmith close games at the four because at this point I think between Walker, Obi Toppin, and Aaron Neesmith at that four position, he might be the most versatile defender at this current moment. I think Walker has more potential. But in year one, I think that Neesmith is probably going to know more, being this is his fourth year. So I could see the team closing out games with him at the four, especially with his shooting ability. If he can be as good or better than both Jarris and Obi, it makes a lot of sense to do that. It just depends on the matchup as well. If the size is too big, then you don't want to forfeit rebounds because last year, I think he only averaged about 3.8 rebounds per game. So not a good rebounder, like not a bad rebounder, but it's not, it's not his forte. So I I think that that's where you kind of have to find your balance, but it would not surprise me if they used him to close games up just because of his ability to be so switchable and just really muck up things on the defensive side of things. Speaking about Aaron Neesmith and his rebounding, what about Michael Scott? I'm taking a shot at him just saying he can <laughs> grab boards over Neesmith. I mean, look, that can't happen. So we, we got to get Neesmith to get those rebounds up a bit because, uh, you know, people are talking smack. But a couple of the players that, you know, at the four that you didn't address yet, what do you have for Obi Toppin or Jarris Walker? Yes, I apologize. So I have Obi Toppin getting 24 minutes at the four, and I have him only playing the four. I only have Jarris Walker getting 18 minutes, but I have him getting minutes somewhere else that I haven't talked about yet. Oh, Okay. So for me, I have Obi playing 22 minutes per game. 100% of those minutes are coming at the four. That is the exact breakdown that we saw last year for the Knicks. He played 100% of his minutes at power forward. Then next, I have Jarris Walker playing 20 minutes per night. Uh, I would look, man, for Jarris, I would love to try and see, hey, could we shift him somewhere else? It sounds like you got him playing a little bit of small ball five. I didn't get that bold. I think there's some people who also think maybe he could play the three a little bit. I don't know. I just put his minutes 
at the four for now. So the other six minutes, like I mentioned, went to Aaron Neesmith. So the 48-minute breakdown at the four position is Obi getting 22, Jairus Walker getting 20, Aaron Neesmith getting six. Yeah, so mine were just a little different. I had 24, 18, and six. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, just you could just see the four minutes between Obi and Jarris. That was the difference right over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you had twenty two for Obi and twenty for Jarris, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just the difference there, give him those extra two for Obi and take away two from Jarris. But at the center position, this is where it gets really interesting because I got Miles Turner thirty minutes. Fachi for Miles Turner, he averaged twenty nine point four last year. Felt like thirty minutes was good for him. You don't want to overplay him because. Miles has dealt with some, you know, minor injuries pretty much throughout his entire career. You want to keep those minutes down a little bit. And I almost just put whoever you pick as a backup center because it's really hard to de- determine which one it's going to be. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you're going to go Isaiah Jackson. So I went Jalen Smith just because I think that he's a little bit more polished as a player overall, more well-rounded than Isaiah Jackson. But I still think the ceiling's higher for Isaiah. Uh, but I put Jalen at the, at this backup center getting 14 minutes. And then I have Jairus Walker playing some center, but just four minutes for him, giving him a total of 22 minutes overall. Interesting stuff. So here's what I got. I got miles Turner playing 30 minutes and just like you, the reason why three of his last four seasons, he somehow played 29.4 minutes on the dot. It's very weird that it worked out that way. And he's never played above 31.4. So 30 minutes. That's, that's how they like him. Next. Actually had Jalen Smith above Isaiah Jackson, but I, the breakdown that I had was actually ten minutes for Jalen Smith, eight for Isaiah Jackson. So it would be easier if I just gave all eighteen minutes to someone, and they very well could rotate. Where we, maybe we just see the backup, you know, that Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, kind of trading off. I have Tice out of the rotation, but I thought there's going to be someone that plays a little bit of that like go-go role where they play a couple of minutes here and there. So just to make it easier, I had. Jalen Smith with 10 minutes, Isaiah Jackson at eight, giving Jalen basically the nod as the backup center right now. Can you imagine if we play three centers like that and then don't get Jairus any minutes at the five? Like, uh, yeah, it's just like one, only one of those guys can get minutes. And I think if it's you're true. giving up 18 minutes to those two guys, that just seems like bleh. I mean, I'm not even trying to be mean. I was like trying to find a way not to give Jalen Smith 14 minutes. Yeah, I know. I was it, like, it was really tough. Yeah, because I think last year Jalen got almost 19 per game, but half of those he probably started. He started 31 of the 68, so he probably ended up getting more heavier minutes when he was a starter than he did when he got benched and Definitely. stuff like that. And then you got Isaiah Jackson, who, you know, he started 12 games last year out of the 63 that he played. He got 16 and a half minutes. So like the 16 minutes sounds fine, but it's like I'm trying to get minutes. I want to see, personally for me, I want to see Jairus Walker at the small ball five just to see what that looks like. Cool. So yeah. like a little bit of the fun here with Jairus, Neesmith, maybe – uh, at the new Smith at the four, maybe you got Buddy Hill at the three, you got Nimby and Tyrese out there for a little bit, or Nimby and, and Brown out there a little bit together, or whatever. Like, just trying to find different ways to like see what this team can do because I think versatility wise, if Jarris can be that in a pinch small ball five that you need, like that Draymond Green for the Warriors, if you're playing a certain style of team, that would be awesome. I mean, you don't want to take away Miles' rim protection ever. Like, I get that because it's so important to what this team's going to be doing defensively. But I think Jairus is a good enough defender already as a rookie that we're, we'll hopefully see more. But uh, speaking of Jairus Walker, that was kind of an interesting report that we got from Woj about him having surgery uh, to really uh, remove loose body parts by his elbow. 
He should be good to go Never by training good. camp. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, so maybe that did throw off some of his shooting numbers that looked really bad, but that's a little bit concerning to hear about that this early into his career. But uh, based on uh, uh, in street clothes on Twitter, I forget the guy's name. I think it's Jeff Stotts, if I'm not mistaken. But he basically said this is not a significant injury like it happens to a lot of players. So hopefully we can get him healthy and not have to worry about this moving forward. But that's just one player I think could have a huge impact on this team moving forward. This year, I think it's more about learning and developing not expecting him to like be a reliable player for this team, but I still think he's going to be counted on quite a bit with his defensive upside. You know, we had first heard about that elbow injury back in May when he had to cancel some workouts. And I think Jarris pushed forward with it. And then it probably ended up being something that very well could have been why he struggled from the field. I, I want to say he shot about 18% from three in summer league. And maybe I think it was close to about 35% overall from the field. So this is a time to get it cleaned up because how rough would it be if he did let this linger on and then all of a sudden ended up missing some time and then his rookie year got off to a bit of a rough start? Like, this is the time to do it. Get it cleaned up. I hope it's not significant. I hope that this is something that we're addressing right now and, and can move forward because there is so much excitement around Jarris Walker and could be you know defensively he's he's everything the Pacers are asking for he's he's what they need so mm -hmm. to be able to have him out there from day one that's what's most important this is the time to do it for any other players out there like we saw Tice get his knee cleaned up last year it felt like pretty late in the offseason it was kind of like oh man like I would have liked if he could have done that a little bit earlier Jarris Walker I think we're addressing it at a good time yeah, no doubt about it. Get it taken care of Why it's in the offseason. Let him get healthy. I mean, we're only a few months away from training camp. Crazy to say that, but we're right around two months, Foch. So, you know, it'll be here yep. before you know it. And a lot of exciting things to look forward to in the summer because we got Team USA to watch Tyrese Halliburton and how he develops. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, what connections he can make with players during that time. I mean, cover a slam magazine. So. Start recruiting. Goodness. Yeah, get some of the hey, boys. My man's getting some publicity. Let's go. Mm -hmm. I mean. It's been a summer of Tyrese. Let's just put it that way. But Fachi, real quick to wrap this up, just run through your list one time and maybe give me your starters because I guess we didn't really technically say who our starters were. So we'll do our starting five with our second unit. Sure thing. So for the starters, first, I have Tyrese Halliburton at point guard. At shooting guard, I have Benedict Matherin. At small forward, I have Bruce Brown. At power forward, I have Obi Toppin. And at center, I have Miles Turner. The minute breakdown that we have, it's a it's an eleven man rotation. It's I have Tyrese Halliburton playing thirty five minutes. I have Andrew Nimhard playing twenty six minutes. Benedict Matherin playing twenty seven. Bruce Brown playing twenty five. If T.J. McConnell out of the rotation, Buddy Heald playing twenty five minutes. Obi Toppin twenty two minutes. Jarris Walker twenty minutes. Miles Turner playing thirty. Aaron e. Smith playing twelve minutes. Jalen Smith playing ten. Isaiah Jackson playing eight. That means Ben Shepard, Daniel Tice, Jordan Awara also out of the rotation. All right, Fachi. So to give you guys my breakdown of minutes, I've got Halliburton starting. I got Bruce Brown starting. I, I know I've said Nimhart for the longest time, but to keep this exercise as simple as possible, I'm just going to put Bruce Brown at the starter to make it simpler, okay? Ooh. I got Matherin at the small forward. I've got Toppin at the four, but I still think this is very interchangeable. I'm very torn on this one. I still think Jairus Walker could start day one. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and just give the edge to Toppin for now, and I'm going to put Miles Turner at the five, obviously. Then my backup, I got Nimhard, 
Buddy Hill at the two, Neesmith at the three, Walker at the four, and then Smith at the five. I got a 10-man rotation. Tyrus Halliburton getting 32 minutes. Miles Turner getting 30 minutes. Bruce Brown, 27. Benedict Matherin, 27. Andrew Nimhard, 26. Obi Toppin, 24. Jairus Walker, 22. Buddy Hill, 20. Aaron Neesmith, 17. And Jalen Smith, 14. So that equals a total of 480 minutes in my 10-man rotation there, Fachi. Or not, is that right? Yeah, 480 total minutes because that's how many it would be for a 10-man rotation and 48-minute game. So yep. that is that. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited, though, because I feel like this is a very fun group of guys to root for, to watch, see how they play. You know, injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to get an uptick in minutes throughout the season because of injuries, because it's just part of the game. But overall, this team had the fourth fastest pace in the NBA last year, Foch. So I completely expect them to continue to play at a high uh, speed, but their defensive rating was 26 in the league. And I think that is where they yeah. want to get closer to 15. And surprisingly, their offensive rating was only 19. I think they want to be a top 10 offensive team, middle of the pack defensively, and keep playing at a high pace. They do that playoff team for sure, but they got to continue to to improve, you know, at, at a good speed. You don't expect incremental growth like from year from year to year based on who's on this roster. The moves that we made, yes, we made smart moves, but I don't think we brought in something that's going to change the trajectory of what this team is supposed to be. Got better. We didn't get worse. We're taking steps forward, but we're still not there yet to be where we want to be. But I think this is a great step in the right direction to get this Pacers team, you know, where they need to be heading because we're on the right track. Just don't want to rush anything. I completely agree. Look, we're not going to just become, you know, night and day defensively. You mentioned 26th. If the Pacers can be a top 20 defense, I think that would go a long way. And I think offensively, they very much can improve from, you mentioned, 19th to if they can be top 15 offense, top 20 defense, that's what you need right over there to be in that play in territory. I think this Pacers offense can really surprise people because bringing in Bruce Brown, bringing in Obi Toppin, I feel like those were pieces that fit exactly what Carlisle envisions and playing to Tyrese Halliburton's strengths. So I think this Pacers team could very well be a top 10 offense. The question is, where does where do we rank defensively? And I think asking to be a top 20 defense is not that crazy of an ask. Asking to be a top 10 defense is saying, whoa, 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 slow down there, because we are definitely not at that rate. But I, I definitely think that every player – is going to be buying in more defensively this year than in years past. I mean, most of the players are saying that's their goal. We've heard Benedict Matherin say he wants to be one of the best two-way players in this league. We've heard Halliburton say he knows he needs to lead by example defensively. Hey, it starts with those guys. Everybody else is ready to buy in. And that's what has me so excited about this upcoming season. Yeah, you got every reason to be excited, Fachi, but I'm excited for you to tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenMBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Man, that went out of order. It threw me I off there for a second. You I forgot did. the Instagram. Caught myself. Caught Man, myself. I appreciate that. That's that's mad respect right there for the Flachinator. But uh, yeah, Indeed. check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash the pace of Pacers podcast. We can find all of our video content. And please, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, we would love for you to take the time out of your day, about 10 to 30 seconds. Go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. 
and give us a five-star rating and review if you like what you're listening to. We really appreciate the positive feedback. We're open to any constructive criticism, but keep it positive, man. This is a great time to be a Pacer fan, so we want to keep those positive vibes flowing. But Fachi, if you think that our good, faithful listener, Ricky Kelly, is an awesome fan of the Indiana Pacers, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.